0: Dolan and the Gypsies are the guests of the Harlequin-dressed King Waldo, on his planet where all is warmth and happiness. They're attending a huge party and enjoying themselves thoroughly, when they're interrupted by the sudden arrival of the warlike Zerkos and their terrible leader, Taras. So, Waldo, you red and yellow bearded buffoon, growled Taras. Still capering about with your idiot friends and playing party games, I see. What? cried King Waldo. You dare to call me a buffoon? and in front of my assembled guests to boot. Well, if the cap fits, said Taras, slyly, waving his gun at King Waldo's bright yellow Forester's hat with the red feather in it. This is my crown of happiness, and not a jester's headpiece. And as to your insults, I've driven you from this planet before, and by Jupiter I'll do it again. You'll not take over my domain, I'll warrant you. Let me tell you, King Waldo that my fellow circos and I are bone-weary of searching for an home and that we now devised a method of converting your oxygen-based atmosphere into one of carbon dioxide that we can breathe. It would, of course, kill off you and all your subjects. So I think the simplest thing would be... And he raised his black handgun and aimed it at King Waldo's head. There was a loud clang, and the rock which Bratto had thrown struck Taras squarely on the side of his helmet, temporarily throwing him off balance. The other Zerkos all raised their handguns, but it was too late. King Waldo and many dozens of his followers, each carried red and yellow striped sticks, all brightly beribboned in yellow and red. These they raised, pointed them at the guns in the Zerkos' hands, and with a brief blast from each melted them into chunks of useless metal. The Zerkos, all of them large men, dressed in black space armour, that looked a little like chainmail, and with shaggy black beards just visible within their space helmets, stood about, nursing their scorched fingers, and looking foolish. And now, gentlemen, said King Waldo, if you will be so kind as to regain the interiors of your revolting-looking vehicles and remove yourself and them from the face of my planet, I shall be most obliged. Very well, said Taras, as he and his followers turned away. But we'll be back, and we'll take over this place somehow. I very much doubt that, said King Waldo, raising his curious stick once again. Which caused the Zerkos to scurry back to their dirty black spaceships and slam the doors hurriedly behind them. They all six took off in a roar of greasy black smoke. I think those Zerkos make far too much of a nuisance of themselves, said Dolan. That's the second time they bothered us. Too right, my child. Let's see em off. Give them a run for their money. After all, nobody likes bullies, do they? Right, cried Dolan into the spaceships, and don't forget to pick up oogle gloop, Ivan. The gypsies prepared to embark, and said their goodbyes and their thank yous to King Waldo and his friends. You are more than kind, and entirely welcome, replied the king, and the three silver spacecraft of the gypsies took off swiftly, in pursuit of the Zirkoes. It was a short battle, but a vicious one. As the spaceships of the gypsies emerged from the gravity field of King Waldo's planet, they found the Zerkos' rockets waiting for them, circling in space like prowling sharks, about to move in for the kill. Dolan felt a thrill of excitement as Jimber, rotating his telescreen scanner furiously, bellowed, There the devils are! All of them! Action stations, my lads, and quick about it. Ivan and Billy immediately sprang to the side ports and slid open the cannon vents. Dolan, as pilot, had charge of the forward weapon. Aboard Crispin Lob Mincing's ship, it was Flipper Pilkington and Bratto who manned the port and starboard guns, while Festy Snarkbuster and Vladimir shot it off, took up their positions on the craft piloted by Alistair Truefit Mackenzie. Ugle Gloop, meanwhile, lay placidly in his cot, gurgling to himself, whilst father-out fiddled distractedly with his rosary, muttering the occasional, "begab, up, up The Zerco vessels closed inexorably on the three Earth ships. Hold your fire until they're at a thousand yards, ordered Jimbird. But before the gypsies could fire, every Zerko ship loosed off a terrific volley and disappeared. Darn it! said Jim Bird, as the primitive cannon shells exploded uselessly but with a terrific amount of noise against the impervious hulls of the three spaceships. I forgot. They're heavy and slow and that means they can turn in very small circles and keep out of our way. Right, said Dolan quickly. We'll blind them with science. Hit boosters, everyone. And the three ships hurtled instantly off into deep space. Turned in a wide arc, and bore down on the lumbering, helpless Zerko ships at incredible speed. The Gypsies blew up three of them with their laser cannon at a range of fifty miles. Flipper and Vladimir picked off another two from their side cannons as they hurtled through the wreckage, whilst Festi blew a tail fin off the last one. They fired their retro rockets and stopped to view the damage. The the poor, benign souls," said Father Out gazing sadly at the wreckage on the telescreen. Begab. of nothing, father, cried Dolan angrily. They were utterly ruthless murderers, every one of them, destroyers and parasites, just like those cockroaches I stamped on back on the planet Mary Celeste. There was nothing else to be done. All the same, seem... sighed father out. I can't help swandering. But his wanderings were cut short by a muffled clang from the rear of the ship, which gave a shuddering jerk. The next instant, the last and damaged Zerco warship hurtled by. Dolan blew it to pieces without a moment's hesitation as it came into view. I'm sorry, father, said Dolan, who was growing up rapidly. By Jiminy, but he wasn't so daft, cried Jimbird. He obviously figured out that our holes was too strong for their ammunition, so he tried to put one up our engine. Don't seem to have gone off, though. We'll just nip outside and take a gander. Being already in his spacesuit, he grabbed a portable toolkit and jabbed the airlock button. Jimbird, let me go, cried Dolan suddenly, unaccountably afraid. No, me child, tis my ship, and I knows her best. Besides, even with me one arm and leg, I can handle myself as well as any of you in a spacewalk. They heard Jim Bird's voice through the radio. Attaching sticker pad to all Reeling myself out. By God, this is a pretty view out here, to be sure. Now then There the little unexploded beggar is Get me crowbar in. No structural damage. Tis just stuck tight. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. A quick eave over me shoulder, and away she. There was the muffled thud of an explosion from outside, and no further sound. From the radio, of Jimbird Flyflower. There wasn't very much left of Jimbird when they pulled him in. He was still breathing, but his eye had a glazed look, and he was bleeding badly from the stump of his right arm, which had thrown the bomb, and his left leg had gone too. They wrapped him tight in a body bandage to stem the bleeding, but they knew it was no good. All of the gypsies had gathered in the cabin of Dolan's spaceship, where Jimbird now lay strapped in a bunk. And they all seemed rigid, transfixed, unable to breathe, or even blink. As they stared with disbelieving eyes, while the life went slowly out of the man they'd known and loved for so long. Dolan knelt and gently removed Jimbird's helmet. It'll be all right, Jim Bird. You'll see. Now we both knows a lie when we hear as one, young un. A small trickle of blood ran from the corner of his mouth. He beckoned Dolan down with his head, whispered a few words, and then they both looked into each other's eyes and smiled. And we both knows I've had a good life, and you surely don't need spaceships for that. All it takes is an honest art and a bit of imagination, and you can travel the universe Without ever setting foot outside your own front door. But we had fun. You just carry on in the same tradition. And he was gone. They wrapped Jimbird in a clean spacesuit, held him in the airlock while Father Out said a few words, and then launched him into space. Jimbird's body floated serenely away his silver suit glinting in the light of the stars. As they watched, they knew that sooner or later, in months, years, or even centuries, it would fall into a sun, a fitting consumption for a great man. I think... said Dolan eventually. It's about time we were on our way. Quietly, the gypsies resumed their positions in their various cabins. The pilot started the engines... And as the three great silver spaceships swung up and away into the endless blue vastness of the limitless universe, the whispered words of Jimbird Flyflower echoed in Dolan's mind. When all that began as simple atoms have made their greatest thrust and risen to giant beauties... Unfail. All that remember. Remains-